All right, I'm back. Let's get into the news. I'll talk radio live in 4K. Fair use. tells ABC News they believe the explosion that brought down Yevgeny Prigozhin's plane was likely caused by a bomb on board the plane. This is Vladimir Putin is breaking his silence over the apparent death of the Wagner leader group. Foreign correspondent Tom Sufi Burridge has the latest. New clues into why that private jet disintegrated shortly after takeoff from Moscow, killing everyone on board. As U.S. officials say, it's likely Yevgeny Prigozhin the man who led a mutiny against the Kremlin is among the dead. Prigozhin turning against Russia's Ministry of Defense just weeks ago, launching a mutinous march on Moscow. Putin called it a stab in the back. The Russian leader now reacting to Prigozhin's apparent death, praising his one-time friend, calling him a talented businessman. But Putin saying Prigozhin had a complex destiny and made serious mistakes in life. There's a lot of ironic symmetry here. The fact that Prigozhin's plane crashed exactly two months to the day that he declared his march on Moscow, and the fact that he had also shot down a plane with about 13 Russian service members on board. One witness saying she saw Prigozhin's jet explode in the sky, then plummet to the ground, this video circulating online. Nothing to indicate, no information to suggest that there was a surface-to-air missile. Experts who believe Putin had Prigozhin killed say he's showing the world he's in full control. Okay. Let's get into what this article says about it. Putin says CIA is trying to frame Russia for Prigozhin's assassination. Russian President Vladimir Putin says the CIA are trying to frame him for the assassination of Wagner chief Yevgeny Prigozhin in an attempt to justify World War III with Russia. According to the Russian leader, the killing of Prigozhin is a brazen attempt by the globalists to cause civil unrest in Russia and justify a CIA-led coup. This would inevitably lead to a military conflict between Russia and the West. During a condolence speech this week, President Putin referenced to the Wagner chief in the past tense, remembering him as a talented businessman who made mistakes, which was widely interpreted as confirmation that he perished in the plane. However, President Biden was unnaturally quick to blame Putin for Pogosian's death, saying he was not surprised as there's not much that happens in Russia that Putin's not behind. Summit News reports a Thursday Pentagon briefing gave an official U.S. assessment with Pentagon spokesperson General Pat Ryder saying an intentional explosion brought down Prigozhin's plane. Ryder called initial U.S. reports of surface-to-air missile inaccurate and amid other reports saying it was a bomb detonated mid-air. The Pentagon assessed that Prigozhin was likely on board and was killed in the crash but didn't attempt to posit a precise cause. Interestingly, Ryder also strongly suggested that Wagner mercenaries are no longer active in a significant way on the Ukraine battlefield. Ryder recalled that after the rebellion of the Wagner group two months ago in Russia, these forces were actually withdrawn from their Bakhmut 
and the battlefield in general. But all intents and purposes, their combat effectiveness has been diminished. They are no longer a significant factor when it comes to the conflict inside Ukraine. Importantly, the Kremlin has on Friday rejected Biden's allegation that Putin was behind it, with presidential spokesperson Dmitry Peskov calling attempts to incriminate Russian's government leaders absolute lies. There is abs- there is a lot of speculation around the plane crash and the tragic death of the passengers, including Yuvinti Pogosin. Peskov told the reporters during a briefing, of course, in the West, this speculation is being presented from a certain angle. All of this is an absolute lie, he added. Here's a tweet from Max Blumthal. Last June, CIA Director David Petraeus conjured visions of Wagner Chief Yuvinti Pogosin's assassination. He should be very careful around open windows in his new surroundings. Pogosin was reportedly killed in a plane crash explosion today. Here with me now to talk about that and much more is retired U.S. Army General and former CIA Director David Petraeus. Thank you for joining me, sir. I want to talk about the impact on Ukraine in a moment, but let's just start with what's happening inside Russia. A wild 24 hours. What do you make of what happened and what do you believe it means for Putin standing inside Russia? Well, I think clearly Putin is weakened. Um, His government is weakened. Uh, The irony is that his junior partner in Belarus, Lukashenko, had to bail him out of this. Uh, Prigozhin kept his life but lost his Wagner group. uh, And he should be very careful around open windows in his new surroundings uh, in Belarus where he's going. Uh, Clearly, Prigozhin lost his nerve. Uh, He was, as you noted earlier, within roughly two hours drive of the outskirts of Moscow, where they were starting to prepare defensive positions. Uh, This rebellion, although it had some applause along the way, didn't appear to be generating the kind of support that he had hoped it would. Uh, And again, he decided to take the deal. Uh, He gave up this effort. Uh, So a stunning series of developments. In the meantime, Putin fled Moscow reportedly, didn't stay around, uh, and we haven't seen anything of Putin's Minister of Defense or Chief of the General Staff, uh, Shoigu and Gerasimov. Uh, So again, clearly I think the government has been shaken. Putin has been shaken personally. Uh, This makes him more vulnerable, arguably, than he has at any time in his two-decade rule of the Russian Federation. Uh, Who knows where this could go now? Uh, We've always asked who would be the one who would strike a blow Mm -hmm. uh, at the at the czar. And now we know, although he failed and it brings to mind also Napoleon's admonition. If you start to take Vienna, take Vienna. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prigozhin lost his nerve, turned around uh, and also the future of the Wagner group. Not completely clear how many of them will sign a contract with the Ministry of Defense, which was the real bone of contention to begin with that Prigozhin would lose control of this mercenary force he's built over a number of years. I want to ask about Putin because you've studied him and you you understand uh, what makes him tick, so to speak. He obviously portrays himself as the strong man in Russia. This conflict appears to have pulled the curtain back uh, to maybe see something a, a bit different. Explain what it means for him, Vladimir Putin, the man who has so much bravado to be metaphorically kicked in the teeth? Well, it creates a lot of doubts, I'm sure, in the minds of those around him. I'm sure they already had many. This whole invasion, uh, the latest invasion, has been a catastrophic mistake, a a terrible blunder uh, on the part of Putin. The losses are staggering. Many, many times already, just in the first 16 months, 
what the Russians lost in nearly a decade in Afghanistan, a war that ultimately was unsustainable. And of course, what we need to do is to continue to provide everything possible to Ukraine uh, to enable them in this summer affair. What? How much? It's practically a graveyard. How much more do you want to give these people, these neo-Nazis? Ah, man. The insanity continues. The insanity continues. which is still in the earlier days, early days, as the Secretary of State noted, mm -hmm. uh, to succeed and over time to convince Putin that he's not going to be able to outsuffer the Ukrainians, the Europeans and the Americans the way Russians outsuffered Napoleon's army and the Nazis. How unstable is Russia right now? How worried should the rest of the world be about that? Well, it should, we should be concerned about this. I don't think we want a country that spans 11 time zones and includes uh, republics in the Russian Federation of many different ethnic and sectarian groupings to come apart at the seams. So we've seen what happens uh, when there is regime change in countries over the last 20 years. The outcome is not always positive uh, for the world. And it's just unclear where this will go. Is this the beginning of the end of Putin? We don't know. Uh, who, whoever follows him, if that is the case, uh, will he be even more dictatorial, which is what we feared might be the case if Prigozhin uh, may have been successful. Could there actually be a pragmatic leader who steps in and realizes what a catastrophic error this whole uh, Ukraine endeavor has been and realize that they need to... Tired. This whole U.S. Thing, Army General. I'm sorry. This whole thing started with Ukraine wanting to join NATO. All right. And the fact that the United States government wants to back a country that is into child trafficking, organ harvesting, supports neo-Nazi beliefs, has neo-Nazis coming from <clears throat> other countries to avoid the crimes they committed in other countries to Ukraine to join their military, that says a lot about the U.S. government. It says a lot. Okay. Meanwhile, Berlusin President Alexander Lushashenko has said those Wagner fighters currently is in Berlus can't stay there, according to state-run Bieta. At the moment, the fate of the organization is uncertain. Makeshift memorials have been seen at Wagner offices in Russian cities, including St. Petersburg, where the group's large HQ building is located. I say this, that the fact of the matter is, is uh, who knows if if Prigozhin actually is dead? Who knows? Because we know mainstream media lies to us, okay, and continues to lie to us about what's really going on, okay, in Ukraine and the fact of the matter is, you have to go and search for alternative media sources to find out the truth. That's what you have to do. Because mainstream media is not going to tell you, and they are working really hard to silence mainstream media. Let's get into this update right now with the, uh, with the Maui fires.
Chairman Ndaya has resigned. He's Maui County's top emergency response official. He was under intense scrutiny for not sounding the alarm. Had we sounded the siren that night, we're afraid that people would have gone Malka. And if that was the case, then they would have gone into the fire. And so that is the reason why our protocol has been. To- no, they would have been alerted to try to get the hell out of there. Okay. You could have had a better plan, but this was all planned for them. This this is just nonsense. And you turned you guys turned off the water while they were fighting the fires. To use WEA and EAS. By the way, I should also note that there are no sirens, Malka, or on the mountainside where the fire was spreading down. So even if we sounded the siren, it would not have saved the point of the matter is, why didn't you have this all prepared in, in advance? Why wasn't this prepared in advance? This is nonsense right now. Absolute nonsense. This is unacceptable. There is no excuse for this at all. None. For this to be even happening. This shouldn't even be a tragedy. This shouldn't happen at all. But they made it happen. Okay. Here's what else has been uh been put out there. This is absolute insanity. Let's get into it. Okay. FEMA blames white supremacy for Maui wildfires. Hmm. FEMA appears to be blaming white supremacy supremacy as one of the main causes of the devastating wildfires in Maui that resulted in over 1,000 deaths. Biden is forcing federal emergency management agency FEMA employees to undergo training on white supremacy following the fires, according to reports. The training session teaches FEMA agents that white supremacy is ingrained in nearly every system and institution in the U.S., According to internal emails obtained by the Washington Free Beacon, the agency's resilience division was advised of a requirement to complete one of the three-hour diversity training modules following the fires. FEMA resilience aims to help communities across the United States equitably adapt, survive, recover, and thrive in the face of natural disasters and has over 2,600 employees. Slaynews.com reports the division is led by Democratic President Joe Biden's appointee, Victoria Salinas. The agency's website says the diversity, equity, and inclusion training contend that the United States is rooted in extreme, extraordinary violence and demands participants acknowledge that systematic racism and oppression exists, according to the screenshots of the training obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. FEMA leaders informed the staff of the training in the July email, indicating that the efforts is part of our ongoing commitment to instill equity as a foundation of emergency management. Staffers are required to take at least one course to meet their DEI training requirement, according to the email. FEMA's email says its equity training sessions were developed by the Institute for Diversity and Inclusion in Emergency Management. The Institute CEO, Chancia Willis, told the Free Beacon she delivered the training live to FEMA employees months ago. FEMA appears to have recorded Willis' live presentation to play back to the employees with the, with the agency ur- using its internal resilience, equity, advisor Christopher Smith to pause the presentation and direct employees to engage in small group discussions 
a video of the training obtained by the Free Beacon shows white supremacy is an ideology, a pattern of values and beliefs that are ingrained in nearly every system and institution in the U.S. Presentation says in the section titled, Why Start with White Supremacy and Race? Okay, my thing is, I just think they're just looking for excuses right here. They're not going to tell you what's really the problem. All right? We're going to get into that. In another section titled, The Uncomfortable Truth, the presentation says the United States was established and rooted in extreme, extraordinary violence. They established economic justice. Social systems all require subjugation of certain groups. The presentation continues. Spokesperson for the agency said that the training is in question, is not required. Nevertheless, FEMA resilience employees may choose among three options. The spokesperson, spokesman, however, said that the agency requires two training sessions for all employees, civil rights, and FEMA disaster 2023, and including people with disabilities and others with access and functional needs in disaster operations. FEMA is facing criticism that as many as 1,100 people remain missing in Hawaii after the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history ravaged the island earlier this month. On Monday, agency administrator Dean Criswell struggled to explain why so many people remain unaccounted for two weeks after the fire was mostly contained. There's a lot of different reasons on why people are unaccounted for. Chriswell told CNN. It could be that they are staying with their family and friends. FEMA is also facing blowback for putting hundreds of its employees in five-star resorts in Hawaii, such as the Four Seasons. Rooms cost upward of 1000 per night and are located nearly 45-minute drive from the disaster sites. Hotels were available that were far cheaper and located much closer to the disaster sites. A local government employee named Kay Leo told the Daily Mail the luxurious accommodations are selfish. Shouldn't they stay closer to the site and instead of staying across from the other side of the island, he said, in the historical perspectives of emergency management, course instructor Willis argues that white supremacists often hinder their views in order to blend into society as nice people. Willis specifically works to integrate equity into all facets of disasters policy, her website says, and her LinkedIn touts her status as a FEMA certified emergency management executive. Willis Institute for Diversity and Inclusion in Emergency Management lists FEMA as a client. There's this false narrative that white supremacists are outspoken extremists, they're domestic terrorists, they're the people that are protesting the removal of Confederate monuments, Willis said during the presentation, according to a recording. But these are examples of extreme white supremacy by personifying white supremacists as the types of extremists. Then we're going to overlook the white supremacists lurking in the workplace, lurking in schools, within the community. And remember, nice people can be white supremacists. President Biden is also facing scrutiny for his delayed response to the Maui wildfires. After initially addressing the disaster, he went four days without commenting on it and has repeatedly refused to answer media inquiries about it. On Monday, Biden spent less than six hours in Hawaii. Biden told stories about his decade-old kitchen fire before jetting back to his $8 million Nevada mansion for a week-long vacation. Yeah, this is what we're dealing with, people. If this was Ukraine, he would definitely be saying more. He would be doing more. And 
it, you are right. Yeah. Yeah. There's white supremacy. All right. And Joe Biden has been showing that more and more. When it comes to caring about people who are not white. When disaster strikes. Okay. And uh, what are your thoughts about? It? Do you think those uh, those missing children um, could they have been trafficked? What do you think about that? Well, maybe this would uh, probably have you thinking that could be the answer. Okay. The official Lahaina Maui Hawaii Five story isn't even close to the truth. FEMA has 25 billion budget and is claiming they don't have enough money. Maui police chief received a 28% raise 50 days before the incident. Okay. It gets even worse. All right. Let me, uh, play the video it really does get worse today's video when i discovered it my jaw dropped okay believe me it does get worse and to be honest i'm still in disbelief so whatever you do turn off all distractions and Fair use, by the way. Watch every second of this video because what you're going to see in here is going to leave you in absolute disbelief. You ready? Let's go. It's not being reported right now in the news, but on a neighboring island of Lanai, they, they found 183 bodies washed ashore there. There's 800 as of today reported missing. There are many hundreds that are being refrigerated right now, trying to get ID. They're asking people on the island to provide their DNA so they can match DNA to others. Outside the media, they're expecting this to reach almost 2,000 people in death toll. This is right up there among the worst, if not the worst, since us becoming a nation as fires go. 85 Paradise, and that was considered the worst? That was Pastor Jack Hibbs revealing shocking information that we don't hear on mainstream media regarding the terrible situation with the Maui fire. What is being reported on mainstream media is this. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, the team that's supposed to be digging through the ashes and delivering aid, has turned the tragedy into a junket. FEMA booked themselves in the five-star luxury Hawaiian resorts. They're shacking up at the Maui Four Seasons, beachfront, of course. Rooms there are $1,000 a night. It's not just the Four Seasons. FEMA agents are also posting up at the Fairmont, Kehilani, and Maui, where rooms range there from $1,300 to $4,500 a night. FEMA agents are also crashing at the Gran Walia Astoria, five stars, of course. Are these the hotels Biden's FEMA officials should be staying in, gallivanting around in and drinking in, as search and rescue operations are underway with 500 kids still missing? Now, FEMA has confirmed that they're staying at these hotels. Biden's giving Maui fire victims $700, while his FEMA officials sleep at luxury resorts that cost more than that per night. FEMA officials could stay at the Days Inn. Were you seven hundred dollars to start over their their life? Seven hundred bucks.
in this recession. You could get an oceanfront view for 250 bucks a night. We confirmed it. Rooms are still available there. Now, when did FEMA develop this taste for the finer things in life? Because FEMA's administrator, Deanne Criswell, is complaining that they don't have enough money. We're watching our disaster relief fund very closely. Um, our estimates do still stay that we may um, have a depletion of our fund now. I mean, this is a day-by-day -day monitoring of the situation. Uh, we will start to move some of our recovery projects and delay them until the next fiscal year. Whoa, FEMA has a $25 billion budget. Please make it make sense. Maui fire victims get 700 bucks total to rebuild their lives. Meanwhile, FEMA officials get $1,300 per night in rooms at the Four Seasons, Fairmont Kealani, and the Grand Wailea in Maui. Nobody in Hawaii that's went through this tragedy should be worried about where they're staying. The president of the United States should have a gold card. He should be able to walk into a hotel, and plop it down on the counter, and go, how many rooms do you have tonight? Oh, we, and we need more rooms. Then you go over to the concierge and you go, hey, uh, in case you don't know me, I'm the president of the United States. And uh, do me a favor, call around town and let's get everybody uh, that needs a hotel room, a hotel room. And then you take these poor people uh, who need help and you put them in a hotel room. If we can do it for uh, people that break into our country, we can do it for people that uh, are in need. Uh, this shouldn't be hard to do. And this should happen. Like in, it, it should be instant. It should be the same day. Nobody should worry about that. They have nowhere to go. Not in America. This is uh, disgusting. If you think that's the big news for pretty much, but. There's, a, like I said, there's an ulterior motive, ulterior motive for this. Real estate. Today, well, I have information that, like I said, you won't believe. We've talked all week about Maui Police Chief John Pelletier. He's the guy who was in charge of the 2017 Las Vegas shooting that, to this day, still remains a mystery. Pelletier is the same dude who, on a previous video, we found out received a pay raise only 50 days after he started the job. $205,000 per year, which was a 29% raise. That was even more than he asked for. Okay, so we know who we're talking about, right? Now get this. The Maui police chief with the dark trail of controversy and bad luck around him is also the Maui coroner. I gotta tell you, I... What? The police chief is also the coroner? Met with them, I'm also the coroner, for those who don't know that. How convenient. Oh, but it gets worse. HB 869 was a bill that passed on January 23rd of this year, just one month after Josh Green took office. But what does HB 869 say? What does it do? Well, the very first section, section one states, the legislature finds that coroners should be separate from law enforcement and free to make independent judgments when investigating deaths. Wow, just wow. It also says under current state law, the chief of police for a county serves as the coroner if the county does not have a medical examiner. Making coroners independent from law enforcement will promote transparency, avoid conflicts of interest, and encourage more confidence in coroner's rulings. Remember, Maui police chief John Pelletier told reporters that the fire had melted metal, making the remains extremely difficult to identify. And that's basically what it is. He he can play with the numbers, fudge the numbers with the amount of deaths. That's that's a reason I. That's the only reason why anybody this an evil human being would have somebody would would hire somebody with his track record to be a coroner. This is all planned. When we find these, you know our family and our friends, 
the remains we're finding is through a fire that melted metal. We have to do rapid DNA to identify them. With Pelletier both being in charge of the police department and in power of the investigations of the deaths, there certainly seems to be a sinister conflict of interest here. He knows exactly how many children are missing. After all, we're talking about families living in a small 5.7 square mile area. He can certainly figure out how many children were living in each home. Matt Wallace tweeted, What are the chances that the same guy would be chief of police in two completely different states for both the deadly mass shooting in U.S. history, Vegas shooting, and also the deadliest wildfire, Maui fires, in over 100 years in the U.S., with nearly 500 FEMA personnel on the ground in Maui, along with 270 Red Cross workers, 400 Hawaiian National Guard members, and close to 200 U.S. Army reservists, there is no way that they are still not aware of the numbers. No way. Will Kane provided his explanation as to the missing children reports, or lack thereof. Lead to me. And this is what I've been told. The number's gonna be way higher. All of those guys said that reluctantly to me. They didn't wanna put numbers on it. They did see they saw many, many bodies. Now I want you to know that as well when I tell you this. There were a lot of children that were sent home from school that day. We need to find out what happened to all those kids. I will say, in all of my days over there this past week, having talked to a lot of people, you don't hear people saying, I still can't find this person or I still can't find that person. There's not a great outcry of a missing child or a missing cousin. That does exist, but I'm just telling you, if the numbers are in the 500 to 1,000, I would have thought I would have heard that more. Mm. So that does leave me with one last potentiality, which is entire families are gone. There it is. There it is. I mean, what what else can you say? Okay. I don't know if the people of Maui could come together. It would be a great idea if, if they could start a GoFundMe and people could donate money for their legal fees to sue the people who are in charge okay put pressure on them so now they start blowing the whistle on each other and find out what really went on that would be great that would be great more than 2,000 children from Lahaina's public schools accounted unaccounted for after Maui disaster According to the officials, there are 850 people missing from the Maui wildfires, but a new report from the Hawaii State Department of Education reveals that there are more than 2,000 children unaccounted for in the public school system. Officials are refusing to explain the vast different numbers or provide any comment about why they appear to be vastly downplaying the number of missing children. In a deeply concerning development, the Hawaii State Department of Education reported that 2,025 students remain unaccounted for in the Lahaina public school system, according to following the de devastating events on August 8th in Lahaina, Maui. Of the 3,001 students initially enrolled across four schools in the district, 538 have re-enrolled in other public schools, and 438 have enrolled in the state distance learning program. However, the fate or whereabouts of the remaining 2,025 children is unknown. 
There are many people expressing disgust at the way the Maui disaster has been handled, calling out the local officials for not doing enough to protect the island's most vulnerable residents. Just a few days ago, the mayor of Maui appeared to be irritated at the question of how many children were missing. Many other people suspect that there is some kind of foul play, whether that's the officials, that the officials know exactly how many children are actually missing and they're not being forthright or that the officials did nothing at all to protect the children from being burned alive in the fires. Others believe the wildfires were orchestrated to support the agenda of globalist elite. And the children have been sacrificed. Meanwhile, President Biden visited Maui, compared the tragedy to losing his 1967 Corvette in a fire. Let's hear what he has to say. You tell me if he's not racist. Okay. You tell me. Let's go. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday, and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not on a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And the expression... Somebody really just... Um, this man is doing this for spite. All right? This is the same man who worked with the Republicans to draft and create and to put in the law the crime bill. I got, a lot of people don't know or they don't want to talk about how the crime bill was a joint bipartisan effort of both Democrat and Republican to screw over the blacks. OK, especially the black leaders who came to, pres to president to President Bill Clinton at the time to get help. For their crime-ridden cities, programs to help the city and to help the the black men there to get better and to provide for their families to have a better life. But Bill Clinton screwed them over at the behest of the Republicans and Democrats. Joe Biden is racist. Okay, I don't know how, what else is there to not. To keep you from thinking that way, his actions show it. People have lost families and children, and you talking about some stupid car from dated from you know some '67 Corvette model. Nobody gives a damn about your Corvette. People have lost kids. Extremely disgusting, cold-hearted. 
All right. Let's talk about this right here. All right. It's a clip. I'll show a clip later on. In this article, I don't want no problems. <sighs> How many of you people remember the Illuminati cards? How many of you remember that? Do you remember those cards? And they would have like certain catastrophes and like mass shootings, and they would have like uh, um, different events that would happen, like pandemics and stuff like that how many remember those illuminati cards that were, they were dated like 1994 and um they had one card and it was said enough is enough okay and believe it or not if you look at the man's face i want you to look that up look up illuminati cards and look up enough is enough you're gonna see the person's person's face on that. You tell me who that looks like. Anyway, let me get on with this article. President Trump tells Tucker deep state will try to delete him before 2024. President Trump told Tucker Carlson on Wednesday that the deep state are going to try to kill him ahead of the 2024 election in a bid to prevent him from becoming president. In the highly anticipated interview, which was broadcast on X, Carlson asked Trump, Carlson asked Trump several pertinent questions whatever happened to mike pence all right did epstein kill himself do you think they'll try to kill you why wouldn't they try to kill you honestly in response to the question about being assassinated trump responds they're savage animals okay tonight in Milwaukee. Well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me that. When you say there are people on stage who shouldn't be running for president, who do you mean? Whatever happened to Mike Pence? He's out there attacking you. What is that? Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? Do you think we're moving towards civil war? It's good to have you at Bedminster. It's very nice. I love it. You're saying they stole it from you last time. Why wouldn't they do the same this time? Oh, well, they'll try. They're going to be trying. Mitch McConnell was trying to get senators to impeach me. Crooked Joe Biden is so bad. He's the worst president in the history of our country. I don't think he's going to make it to the gate, but, you know, you never know. It started with protests against you, and then it moved to impeachment twice. Right. And now indictment. Are you worried that they're going to try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you, honestly? They're savage animals. They are people that are sick. So do you think it's possible that there's open conflict? I, I can say this. There's a level of passion that I've never seen. There's a level of hatred that I've never seen, and that's probably a bad combination. I know this is like really, you know, for dramatic effect. And Trump is Trump is not somebody that is uh, that is innocent or squeaky clean. He is no hero, and neither is damn sure neither is. Uh, Biden, damn sure it ain't Obama. All right. We've got to get to this point where we have to understand that they're following a script. Tucker's biographer, Chadwick Moore, issued a veiled threat to Fox News. As Slade News reported, Carlson's people are demanding that Fox back off and let him 
get on with his life. Sources said in sources inside Fox Corp say executives at both Fox News and the parent company are incandescent over Tucker's inner Trump interview. Tucker's inner circle tells me it would be extremely wise to leave Tucker and his longtime producing partner, Justin Wells, alone. Each spent more than 15 years at Fox and did nothing wrong. More notes. More, say, more says the sources added, let Tucker and Justin do their thing and they won't bite. But any war will be super ugly. That's guaranteed. Okay. Trump is a person that doesn't like to play ball. You can see that how he acts, um, the things he says. He, he you know, he's going to want to do what he wants to do, and he's going to get himself in a lot of trouble. All right. Let's keep going. Okay. So let's talk about this issue with Hunter Biden now. Get into that. Fair use. Pay into Biden family bank accounts. The entire Biden Ukraine cover story is collapsing. It turns out the Obama administration didn't want Biden to fire the Ukrainian prosecutor. <laughs> the Obama administration told prosecutor Victor Shokin he made good progress in fighting corruption. And the billion-dollar loan was on its way. Even the State Department's top point person on Ukraine, Victoria Nuland, told Shokin this, we have been impressed with the ambitious reform and anti-corruption agenda of your government. But Biden went rogue and fired Shokin after his son asked him to. His son was being paid handsomely and was sharing the money with the Biden family. And now the fired prosecutor, Victor Shokin, speaking out. He spoke to Brian Kilmeade and told him Joe Biden was likely bribed by Burisma. Watch. I do not want to deal in unproven facts, but my firm personal conviction is that, yes, this was the case. They were being bribed. The fact that Joe Biden gave away $1 billion in uh, U.S. Uh, money in exchange for my dismissal, my firing, isn't that alone a case of corruption? The White House has been caught lying about this, says that guy's lying. But the fired prosecutor also said that if it wasn't for Joe Biden, Ukraine probably wouldn't be at war with Russia today. There is no doubt that uh, his actions have uh, damaged the U.S. reputation in Ukraine. It is public knowledge. Uh, everybody knows that it was because of uh, Joe Biden's actions that uh, Russia was able to claim Crimea without firing a single shot, uh, which of course eventually led to a full-scale war that is currently uh, underway. It looks like the Biden family's greed and corruption triggered not only a bogus impeachment, but a deadly war. 
Representative Nancy Mace, South Carolina Congresswoman, joins me now. So you've seen now Shokin talk. Are you guys going to bring him in and talk to him? And where does this lead towards impeachment inquiry? I would love to bring any witness into the Oversight Committee in our investigation when we come back into session in September. And I have to tell you, Jesse, Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution, bribery is one of the bases for impeachment in this country. And those bank records and those witnesses, uh, they know where the bodies are buried. And that those bank records and witnesses will be the nail in the coffin for Joe Biden, because if he did not. They had people to try to nail Joe Biden before. And they're no longer among the land of the living. So I don't see that really working out, though. Let's continue. Nothing wrong. Why lie about it? If he did nothing wrong, why use a pseudonym? If he did nothing wrong, why is there millions and millions of dollars from Ukraine, from Burisma, from communist China and, the, and their bank accounts? And quite frankly, I think it was Barack Obama who said, do not underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. And he's really done it this time. Sure has. So where do you stand with these subpoenas? You know you're looking into some offshore accounts that they've been hiding. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've looked into Joe Biden's personal checking account. There's the Wilmington Trust account, which looked like a piggy bank for the family. Where do we stand? Well, we need to bring we need to get all those bank records. It's one thing to see the suspicious activity reports. And we're talking about a staggering amount of money. It'll be north of 50 million dollars when it's when it's all said and done. All right, let's get into the article right here. Richard Shokin says Hunter Biden was recruited by Burisma to provide protection while company engaged in illegal activities. Fired Ukraine prosecutor General Victor, uh, General Victor Shokin claimed then second son Hunter Biden was brought onto Ukrainian gas company Burisma's board in order to provide protection for CEO and founder Nikola Zelowski from criminal investigations have no doubt that there were illegal activities engaged in by Burisma, he told Fox News One Nation host Brian Kilmady through a translator in an interview that aired on Saturday night. It continued to expand. And Zelowski, who at the time held the post of minister, started bringing in people who could provide protection for him. Hunter Biden was among them. And the corruption network expanded as a result, excuse me, he said. Key's former top prosecutor has emerged as a key figure in the investigation into Biden family foreign business dealing and accusations of bribery. Shokin's accusations, if deemed credible, could add fire to calls for a House impeachment inquiry into the president, which could happen as soon as next month. Shokin's claims he was forced out of office in 2016 by former Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko at the insistence of the then Vice President Joe Biden amid an investigation into Burisma Holdings and Zolisko Shokins told the Kilmady. Biden was withholding much needed aid to Ukraine exchange for, in exchange for bribes for Shokin's removal, Shokin believes. Ukraine is a very corrupt government. So, <clears throat> okay. I do not want to deal in unproven facts, but my firm personal conviction is that, yes, this was the case. 
They were being bribed. And the fact that Joe Biden gave away $1 billion in U.S. money in exchange for my dismissal, my firing, isn't that alone a case of corruption, he questioned. Biden publicly claimed credit for forcing out Shukin by threatening to withhold $1 billion in U.S. loan guarantees. And he did talk about it. Yes, I remember that um, he was on television. He was bragging about it. Like, I got that guy fired. I have my million dollars. And if you don't get that guy fired, I'm walking away with that money. Joe Biden. Hunter Biden was on Burisma's payroll for up to $1 million per year as a member of the company's board beginning in April 2014 Shokin said he has no doubts that this that since this banded company was engaged in illegal activity he said that the probe into Burisma was an ordinary case with nothing particularly remarkable about it but it demanded special attention given the Biden's connection it was on a list of cases to merit special attention because Hunter Biden was involved with Burisma and of course his father the vice president Biden at the time, oversaw Ukraine affairs for the White House, he said. An FBI informant made public last month revealed that Zuloseski claimed in 2016 that he was coerced into paying a $10 million bribe to the president and his son in exchange for Shokin's ouster. Purported internal Obama-Biden administration emails from 2016 published by Just the News this week showed that the officials were shocked that Biden was pushing for Shokin's ouster as a condition of U.S. aid. Hunter Biden's former business partner, Devin Archer, who also joined Burisma's board in 2014, told the House Oversight Committee last month that Burisma added Hunter to its board so that people would be intimidated to mess with them legally. Archer confirmed that Joe Biden met with Burisma board advisor Vadim, um, Vadim Pozoski in Washington in 2015 and spoke to Hunter on the phone with Pozoski and Zoloshevsky presented at a 2015 meeting in Dubai. Shokin says he was fired because in his office would have found the facts about the corrupt activities that would have that were engaging in. That included both Hunter Biden and Devon Archer and others. Joe Biden spoke on the phone four times in February and March of 2016 with then Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko and once with Prime Minister Arishinki Yatsenik as he pushed for Shokin's ouster. Shokin's office won a court order to seize Zloshovsky's property on February 2nd, 2016. The Kiev Post reported. At the time, Shoskin was fired on March 29th. There you have it, folks. There you have it. Joe Biden's bad decisions caused this Ukraine war. Believe it? Can you believe it? All right. Let's get into some local news right here okay let's get into this story here about what went on in jacksonville florida all right okay here we go all right 
breaking news, a mass shooting at a Dollar General store in Jacksonville, Florida. Just moments ago, ABC News confirmed that multiple people have been killed and the shooter is dead. And that area remains blocked off with FBI agents joining local police at the scene. Our community is sick and tired of being sick and tired. This is a tragic moment. My heart is heavy and I'm just I'm just tired seeing all the shootings. Again, this is still a very active situation. We, of course, will keep you updated on air and on our free ABC News. All right. Okay, let's get into the article right now. All right. <clears throat> White gunmen who killed three black people in Florida left behind several manifestos used guns branded with swastikas. A gunman fatally shot three black people with an assault rifle covered with swastikas inside a Jacksonville, Florida store in what police are calling a racially motivated attack on Saturday. I wonder what Ron DeSantis is going to say about this. The victims were described as two African-American men and a woman who was slain by a white male who shot himself to death before he could be apprehended. The unidentified shooter was earlier seen lurking around the campus of a nearby historical black college before the attack. He detailed his hatred of black people in, in one of several manifestos law enforcement said. This shooting was racially motivated and he hated black people. Jackson Sheriff TK Waters told a press conference. The maniac, who was in his early 20s, stormed the store with a tactical vest, Glock, and an AR-15-style rifle with swastikas painted on it. Despite the Nazi symbols, police said there is absolutely no evidence that the shooter is part of any larger group. This was, quite frankly, a maniac who decided he wanted to take lives. Um, yeah, I'll wait. I'll hold my breath until more information comes out. He targeted a certain group of people, and that's black people. That's what he said he wanted to kill, and that's very clear. Any member of that race at that time was in danger of the black race. According to cops, the shooter was, invo was involuntarily institutionalized in 2017 through a state law called the, Banker, the Baker Act. The year prior, he was involved in a domestic call that ended with no arrests. Police offered little details about his identity, but said he lived in a neighboring Clay County with his parents. Law enforcement was scouring the home Saturday night. G Governor Ron DeSantis, after speaking by phone with the staff, called the shooter a scumbag and denounced his, ra his racist motivation. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was targeting people based on their race. That is totally unacceptable. This guy killed himself rather than face the music and accept responsibility for his actions. He took the coward's way out. We condemn what happened in the strongest possible terms, said DeSantis, who was in Iowa campaigning for the Republican presidential nomination. The FBI has reportedly opened a federal probe of the attack, which they are treating as a hate crime. Mayor Donna Deegan, who was on the scene, confirmed earlier that there was a number of fatalities following the shooting at a store. She told News News for Jax that and that a man had barricaded himself inside the Dollar General. 
City Council member Jacoby Pittman told news outlets the shooter was dead. My heart is heavy. I'm tired of all the shootings, she said. Dollar General also issued a statement denouncing the tragedy. I want to know more about this. I want to know this person's name. You know, his face should be on, on the news. We should know more about him. We are heartbroken by the senseless act of violence that occurred at our Kings Road store in Jacksonville, Florida today. At this time, supporting our Jacksonville employees and the DG family impacted by this tragedy. It's a top priority as we work closely with law enforcement, a spokesperson for the chain said. Prior to the shooting, a man believed to be the gunman had been spotted on the nearby campus of Edward Waters University, a small historically black university. A campus security guard asked the man to identify himself after he was spotted near the school's library. When he refused, he was asked to leave and retreated to his car. The university said in a statement, he was later seen putting on ballistic vests and a mask. Campus security was called and unsuccessfully attempted to catch the man. The suspect's parents are said to have called the cops after finding the manifesto. Did they call? Is that what really happened? He left messages for both his family and for federal law enforcement about his hatred, according to reports. The shooter headed out from Clay County for Jacksonville at around 1139 a.m. and texted his dad at 118 p.m. and told him to look on his computer. Water said the gunman's family then called the Clay County Sheriff's Office at about 153 p.m., just about the time the shooters the shooting started. His messages to his family detailed a disgusting ideology of hate. Action News Jax cited sources that said the gunman was wearing a tactical vest, mask, and gloves. EWU students were being kept in their residence halls until the scene was cleared. No students or faculty were believed to be involved in the shooting, university officials said. Witness told News for Jax that a shooter fired at some cars. SWAT team members were seen earlier in the day outside of the Dollar General engaging in a political standoff with an armed suspect action news jacks reported first responders from the jackson fire and rescue department and the jacksonville sheriff's office were also on the scene this is unacceptable deegan said one shooting is too much but these mass shootings are really hard to take saturday shootings occurred five years to the day when a gunman killed two people and injured 11 others at a video game tournament in jacksonville before turning the gun on himself It's insane, man. It is insane. What's going on? All right. That's all I got for now. Um, I'm on Spotify, Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. I'm also on Rumble, Radical Thought, 791. Hit the like button. Helps the video go to the algorithm. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later.